All right, Genesis chapter number one. And again, I'm going to read seven or eight different verses of Scripture through there, just kind of skipping around a little bit. Take just a few minutes this morning. Genesis chapter number one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Somebody say, beginning. beginning. God, created. God created. Somebody say, we didn't come from monkeys. We didn't come from monkeys. Verse number nine. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Skip down to verse number 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And finally, verse number 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Let's pray before we get into this this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name. We thank you for your presence that we've already felt. Thank you for the opportunity to call upon your name in prayer, Lord, to worship, to praise you. Thank you for that outstanding Sunday school lesson. Thank you for all of these precious people here today, God. Minister to every heart, every life, every need. Let your presence be with us. Let your anointing, Lord, be upon us. Let your word guide us. Speak to us, Lord. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart able to discern and receive the good word of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And I'm going to preach to us for just about 15 or 20 minutes on this thought. I'm created for a purpose. Put your finger at your chest and say, I'm created for a purpose. You have a purpose. You are not here by accident. You weren't just born by happen chance. The fact that you are here and the fact that I am here, it was ordained by God. And God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. He has a will for your life. And He has a path that He wants us to follow. The thing about God is He is a perfect gentleman and He will not make anybody do anything that they do not want to do. The Bible talks to us in the book of Psalms that He made man a little lower than the angels. Angels are created beings that God does not really give the option or the choice to. They are required to praise Him. Day and night, the Bible tells us in multiple places that the angels of the Lord cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. 
The angels are required to praise God. They do not have a choice. The only time that we've ever found that the angels ever uh, stepped into a realm of a choice was when Lucifer tried to ascend above his, uh, his own place and he said, I will be as the most high. And so God kicked him out of heaven along with a third of the angels that had joined in his rebellion. Ever since, we do not find a single instance where angels are ever really given a choice. But humanity is completely different. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. We should not perish because Jesus Christ gave us everything we need to be saved. He shed His blood on the cross. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. He rose from the dead and we talked about that last Sunday and He gave us hope, doesn't He? And He says that He'll fill us with the Comforter. He'll fill us with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And that will lead us into all truth. There's a new birth experience that Jesus beckons to us and He says, I want you to be born again of the water and the Spirit so that you can see and enter the kingdom of God. But He's not going to force anybody to do that. How do we know that? Because Jesus also gave a parable and an illustration and He says, you know what? The way to life, it's a straight and it's a narrow path. And few be those that find it. And he says, but broad is the way that leads to destruction and many are those that are going in that direction. Why? Because they have a choice. You and I here today, we have to make a choice whether or not we're going to live for God. Whether or not we're going to follow the path that He has destined for us. Whether or not we're going to obey His Word and the leading of His Spirit and fulfill the destiny God has for your life. I'm here to remind us this morning that you are created for a purpose. God's got a perfect plan. He's got a perfect purpose. He's got a perfect path for your life. That does not mean everything's always roses and sunshine and there's no problems. Sometimes the path that God has for us is full of bumps, potholes, bridges out, a lot of trying of our faith, causing us to put our faith and reliance on God, saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And God's exactly, you're on course. We walk by faith and not by sight. God has a plan for your life. Dante, God has a plan for your life. Nick, God has a plan for your life. Elizabeth, God has a plan for your life. And it is so much bigger than what we could ever dream or imagine. God created all things in Genesis chapter 1. And according to His creation, there's a divine order. There was an order in which He created everything. The very first thing he did, he said, we need some light around here. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The interesting thing was he did not yet create the sun and the moon and the stars until later on, on another day. But on the very first day, God said, we need some light around here. Let there be light, and there was light. The light did not come from the sun. The light did not come from a darkened moon. It did not come from stars hung in the sky. That was all hung in there later. Light simply appeared because God said. If you're going through a dark period in your life and you're uncertain of which way to go and which way to turn, you're not sure how you're going to make it through, just understand that Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also says, I am the light of the world. 
If you need some light in your life, get Jesus in your life. He'll turn the light on for you and help you see your way more clearly as you navigate. But there was a divine order. There was a purpose. There was a structure established at creation. Everything had its place. Now, uh, around our household, it's it's common. Um, if they're looking for the Xbox remote or something like that and no one can find it, I'll say, well, if you put it where it's supposed to be, the next time you're looking for it, you'll know exactly where it is. But if you don't put it where it's supposed to be and, it's, and you put it somewhere else and it's under a cushion or behind the couch or under a chair or something like that, it's because it was not put back where it was supposed to be. God is in the details. God has a perfect purpose, a structure, a plan. Everything has its place and everything has a reason. The Bible does not record anything happen chance or by accident. I want us to understand if we don't remember anything else here this morning that you and I have a purpose. And if we will step into that purpose that God has for each and every one of us, we will not only impact our own lives, but our families, those that we love, uh, you know, those that we go to school with, those that we go to work with. And, and God can use us in ways that will totally blow our mind. Sometimes we put very little value on ourselves. That's really what it means to have low self-esteem. You, you think, well, I'm a nobody going nowhere with nothing to offer. I don't even matter. Nobody would miss me if I'm not here. But I'm here to tell you that that is absolutely not true. God has a big plan. He has a huge purpose. And He has a huge uh, structure for your life that He wants you to step into. And when He anoints you and you fulfill the will of God in your life, it is going to change your world. Amen? How many believe that? In Genesis chapter 1, it talks about God's divine order, purpose, and structure that was established from the very beginning. Everything that God did, He says, God said. And it came to pass. And then He looked around and said, It's good. It's exactly how I want it to be. It's doing exactly what I told it to do. It's fulfilling its purpose. Deviation from God's divine order creates chaos, confusion, brokenness, and completely different results than what God intended. But when we step into and we follow God's plan and purpose and structure, then God begins to allow things to flourish and blossom and bloom and everything is beautiful. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive the glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. I want us to understand evolution. We did not evolve from a paramecium in a warm body of water millions of years ago when all of the environmental elements came just perfectly so, and then all of a sudden we became a tadpole egg and whatever, whatnot, and we we evolved eventually through monkeys and then into uh, our great ancestors with humped backs walking like this, and then uh, and eventually into the modern man. All of that is absolutely a falsity, and I need you to understand that. The Bible is crystal clear. God created man In his own image. He did not create a tadpole. He did not create a frog. He did not create a fish. That was going to turn into a human over time. God said. I am going to create a man. In my own image. I'm going to 
take the time to get my hands down there in the soil. I'm going to fashion him and I'm going to breathe the breath of life in his nostrils. Give him a living soul, a soul that will never die. He will live on and on and on for all eternity. God took special care and put special details in the creation of humanity. We are not a product of evolution. We are a product of the almighty God's divine plan. If God took so much care and detail uh, and all that, we have to understand that He has great value invested in us. The Bible says, Jesus told us, I know the very number of hairs on your head. Now, He don't have to count very far for me because there's not many hairs on my head. But some of you, you have a lot of hair on your head. And Jesus knows every single strand. He sees every bird flying around out there. I was woke up this morning. Uh, you know, my alarm went off and I thought, I'm going to lay here for a few more minutes. And there was this really annoying bird outside. I usually love the chirping of birds. But this particular bird, I don't know what he was, but he was annoying. If I could have threw something at him, I would. Because it was just, it was an annoying sound. And he was right outside our window. Just, you know, and... I was like, ah, but you know what? Jesus knows everything about that bird. He knows everything about them. And He takes great care in defeating and making sure that they have everything that they need to live, to thrive, to survive, to reproduce, to have another generation follow after them. He takes great care in all of that. So that gives me comfort to know that no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, He's aware of the details. That bird will always be there because it probably has a nest at your house. Probably so. He, he, he knows all of the details about me and all of the details about you. And He's able to provide for every single one of our needs. He has a plan. Somebody say He has a plan. He says, For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Here's where the problem lies. We, as a, as a human race, are selfish. We really are. It's not really a natural thing for people to be born selfless, putting others before themselves. Usually there is a self-preservation tendency. What makes me feel good? What makes me happy? What makes me uh, you know, feel comfortable? It's all about me, 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 me. That's the way most of us are, if not all of us. And so it takes the work of the Holy Ghost to kind of develop a selfless attitude and nature in us. But the Bible tells us here in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11, we were created for God's pleasure. That's what he says. For thy pleasure, they are and they were created. Now I want to draw our attention here real quickly. Are created. That means it's an ongoing process with every single generation. With every new baby being born into this world, that baby is being created for the glory of God, for His pleasure. With every a new life, whether that be an animal, a plant, a baby, you know, whatever, it is created for the glory of God, to give Him glory and honor and praise and to to honor Him. Were created. That means God established His will, His plan, His path, His structure 
from the very beginning, like we read out of Genesis chapter 1. Everything that is, is a result because God says so. And we are created for God's pleasure. If we can step into that understanding and say, life is not about me. It's not necessarily about just getting what I want, what makes me happy, what makes me feel good. If I will live my life in such a way, I approach it that I understand I am here with, with God has a plan for my life and I'm here for His pleasure. And I step into that, everything will change. You know, when you're busy serving, being selfless, putting others first, it's a busy life. It really is, but it is a fulfilling life. When you put others before yourself, it'll keep you busy. You know why? Because more people are willing to receive than they are to give. More people are willing to say, hey, yeah, yeah, I'll take that blessing from you than they are to turn around and reciprocate a blessing. There's more hands reaching out for a handout than there are hands reaching out to give. There's always going to be those. And Jesus even made that statement. He says, the poor you're going to have with you always. When Judas said, Lord, Lord, you know, we're, uh, this could have been sold and the money could have been given to the poor. You know, this was, this was a waste. This ointment was such a waste. And Jesus says, the poor you're always going to have with you. There's always going to be somebody in need. There's always going to be somebody that needs to be blessed, that needs someone to care and to show love and compassion. There's always going to be somebody, but there's a lot less people willing to step into that realm and say, I am created with a plan and a purpose for the glory of God, for His pleasure. I am called to be a servant, and if I will put others before myself, I will not only find internal satisfaction and fulfillment, but I will have the blessings of God reigning and showering on my life because that's what we are created to do. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Isaiah 43, verse 21. I'm going to hurry. The Bible says, This people, somebody say, That's me. Mm-hmm. Have I formed for myself? Yes, God is selfish. He absolutely is. He said, I created you for me. And I don't want to share you with anybody else. That's why he says, I will not share my glory with any other. That's why he says, don't worship any other God besides me. He says, I created you for me. You were created for my pleasure. And so God is a jealous God. There's a a scripture out of the book of Exodus, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but it says his name is jealous. God is a jealous God. He does not want to share us with menial things. That's why he says, don't worship idol gods. You know, uh, there are some things that there's nothing wrong with participating and getting involved in them. But when we put more time and emphasis and priority and devotion to those things than we do God, God gets a little jealous of that. He says, hold on now. I created you. You've got a plan over your life. You've got a structure. You've got a purpose that I want to lead you into. I've got the path already laid out. You were created for my pleasure, not yours. Amen? Amen. But when we're busy about His business, He takes care of our business. And ultimately, we find joy and peace, contentment, and happiness because we know we're doing what we were created to do. He says, I have formed this people for myself. They shall show forth my praise. So this is kind of indicative of part of the plan and purpose 
for all of us. I believe that God has a particular plan for each and every one of our lives, individually, specifically, but collectively, we were created to praise God. We were created to worship Him. Now, He's not going to make us do that. He's not going to make anybody praise Him. He's not going to make anybody worship Him. But we have been created to do that. There is something down on the inside of every man, woman, and child ever born into this world that has a desire to express extreme gratification, recognition, honor, reverence to. And so some people worship without realizing that's what they're doing. I like football. I don't love football. I like football. But I'm just going to use football as an example. If I watch football, fine. I'm not going to lose any sleep if I don't. It's just not my thing. I don't live for it. But there are some who do. There are some people uh, that if you knock on their door on a Saturday morning and say, hey, we'd like to invite you to church tomorrow, and you interrupt the OU football game, you will have curse words hurled in your face, the door slammed in your face. Uh, I say that because we have had that happen to us. Some people are so devoted They're so into something that they're not going to miss a moment. You know, they're going to spend thousands of dollars. I work with a guy. He's a great guy, super guy, smart guy. And and, and he buys season tickets every year for, for the OU football team. And again, there's nothing wrong with football. There's nothing wrong with OU. But he buys them. And so he spends thousands of dollars for he and his wife every year, season tickets. And then if OU makes the playoffs, he buys the playoff tickets, which get very, very costly to go. And then if they make a bowl game, he buys those tickets and he flies and they go get outlandish hotel and meals and whatever, whatnot, and they make a big production out of it. I would say on average, he spends probably eight to $10,000 a piece for he and his wife devoted to football, OU football in particular. Who has $20,000 laying around? Do you? That's half my annual wage. It is. But he's devoted because that's what he loves. That's that's what brings him satisfaction and enjoyment. And I believe that God looks at situations like that. He says, but where am I in the big picture of all of this? I see that you're devoting all of your time to watching the game, to watching the pregame, the, the postgame, and keeping up with all the stats. And you can n- name every player on the team and all of their statistics on what they did and what they accomplished and how tall they are and how much they weigh and you know where where they're being traded to and who's being drafted into the NFL and so on and so forth. But 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 when's the last time that you spent some time with me in prayer or reading the Word of God or coming to church? God is a jealous God. He's got a plan for our lives that He's asking and He's wanting very much for us to step into. And He says, "You were created for My pleasure." If we will do what God wants us to do, we will find contentment, peace, happiness, joy. We will flourish. We will blossom. Some people, uh, you know, the reason that they have a lot of problems blooming and blossoming because they don't want to bloom where God planted them. Like, you know, I, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do it where I want to do it, when I want to do it. And God says, but you were created for my pleasure. My pleasure. I've got a big plan, a powerful plan, 
a mind-blowing plan for your life individually. And if you will just step into it and allow me to lead you, it will change your life and those around you, those that you love, will be greatly impacted for the glory of God. Because ultimately, it's for His pleasure, isn't it? He said, they shall sow forth my praise. I've got to hurry. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. You've heard this before. In Sunday school, I've mentioned it in preaching. Uh, So the first commandment that God gives us, He says, I want you to love me with everything that you got. Not just part of you. He says, I want you to love me with all of you. I want you to intentionally devote some mental attention to me. Some heartfelt affection to me. Spend some time with me. I want you to love me with all that you got. So some people look at that and say, Well, Lord, if I love you with everything, what's left over? (coughs) But God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a divine order. He has a structure. And I have found that when we are busy doing what He wants us to do, when we step into what He has called each and every one of us to do, yeah, sometimes it may feel busy. Sometimes it may feel like, man, we just don't have a whole lot of free time. But God blesses in so many ways. Let me share share with you uh, quickly an example. Uh, I found myself uh, unemployed for a series of several months and, and one particular one particular setting and so I kept looking for jobs kept looking for jobs and uh, you know we didn't know what to do but we, we were faithful to go to church and we went to church and we worshiped and we prayed and, and we and we praised God and we did whatever was asked of us because that's what we were taught to do growing up we were taught that Coming to church is a priority. Living for God is a must. We were created for His pleasure. And so, just through us doing what God wanted us to do, I had people walk up, Miss Doc, I no joke. There was a gentleman on at least three different occasions shook my hand, gave me a hug around the neck, and he said, that's for you, and walked away. And after he walked away, I was like, what was that? Nine $100 bills wow. he slid in my hand. Another time it was 500 and another time it was another another 500. There was another lady that one day that walked over and uh, she came over two different instances and, and she had given us all together probably $1,500. God takes care of His people when we are in His will. But the thing is, we have to get in His will. Jesus set the example for us in the garden. He said... Not my will, but thy will be done. When we adopt that mindset and we say, God, I wasn't created for my pleasure. I was created for your pleasure. I know you have a great big plan and purpose for my life and I want that active in my life. Help me to do the things that you want me to do. God will take care of every area of your life. I promise you. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. What other things? He'll help you pay the bills. He'll make sure that you're not hungry, that there's food on the table. He'll make sure that every area of your life, he's into the details, remember, he will take care of everything. If we're busy about his business, he'll take care of our business. 
But if we say, God, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. It's a nice sunny day out there. The bass are biting. Peace out. Might see you, you know, around Father's Day weekend and, 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 you know, whatever, whatnot. If we're not busy about his business, he is not under any obligation to take care of our business. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want the blessings of God in my life. He's blown my mind so many times. I know. I know what he does for those that put him first. He has bailed us out. He has rescued us. He has made a way where there was no way. He made a door where there was nothing but a brick wall more times than I can possibly count. We were living in Oregon one time many years ago, and I had a little Chevy S10 pickup truck. No extended cab, short bed. Elizabeth was probably two, three years old. And so me and my wife and Elizabeth trying to get a car seat in a small Chevy S10 pickup truck. That was a stick. That was a stick. I had to reach under trying to shift. And uh, we were busy up there. We worked with the youth. We did did all kinds of things. Matter of fact, we were on our way home from a youth service. And I was taking some young people home, dropping them off. It was after, in the back of my truck, and it was after nine o'clock at night. Now we lived in a place called Hermiston, Oregon. It's a desert. There is nothing out there, but the lizards and the owls. Okay, and so we're and tumbleweeds, lots of tumbleweeds. And so we were out there. I was on my way home, and my truck just. I was going down the road, and died. Could not get it started. And I had young people to get home. And I was thinking, how am I going to get home after I get them home? The truck ain't going nowhere. I tried and tried and tried. And so I was like, God, you got to help us. God, you got to help us. Now, this was still in the age when cell phones were really not that developed. And so you had a little slide phone or a little flip phone, like a Star Trek communicator. And sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. And... I kept praying. I was like, God, you got to help me. God, you got to help me. And so along came this truck. And there were several Hispanic people in this truck. And, and they, they stopped. Well, they, they drove past me a little bit. And then they backed up and they stopped. And they got out. And I thought, oh, man, maybe they can help me. And several of them were mechanics. Matter of fact, they had just got off work. And then they went out to eat and whatever. And they were on their way home. And I thought, oh, mechanics going to get me hooked up. And they messed with... they lifted up the hood of the truck and they messed under there for a little while and they could not find what the problem was and they said man we're sorry we, we can't get you uh, your truck started they said the best we can do is we'll bring our vehicle behind your truck and we'll push you down the road with our front bumper until you get to where you're going and then you're just gonna have to leave it sit until you can get it towed or whatever i said all right that's gonna have to work so they pushed me until we got to the next house to drop the young people off, and I had to leave my truck sitter. Eventually got home. I believe my wife or somebody came and got me. I can't remember. And I was like, ah, oh. mechanics didn't fix it. I didn't know what to do. Our only vehicle. I had to go to work. We had all kinds of responsibilities. There was no Uber back then. No Uber. <laughs> no. Yes. And so I went to we work. We borrowed the church van and had the church van. Yes. Yeah. So I went to work the next day. Which is a lot more gas. <laughs> and so I went to work the next day. Went about my business as normal. 
And I rode my bicycle to work. Now, it was six and a half, seven miles one way. And I was heavier then than I am now. And by the time I got to work, I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I was ready to lay down and pray for the rapture. And got to work. You showed up. I showed up. Yes. I was I was soaking wet with sweat. It was it was horrible. And I got to work and, and so we went about the day and, and finally I got a call from my leadership that said, Hey, we need you to come over to this building at such and such time. Uh, and nobody goes there unless you're in trouble. So I thought, Oh man, what did I do? So I hitched a ride over, went over to see what was going on, and the base commander was doing an awards presentation and called me up and some something that they liked that I did or whatever or not, and they gave me a five hundred dollar cash bonus award. Instant cash bonus. Instant. Not one that you had to wait for a paycheck. So wow. I got a hold of a gentleman that went and checked on my truck and whatever, and he was able to get the wiring harness fixed and get everything running and it was about four thousand or I'm sorry, four hundred and nine hundred four hundred and ninety something dollars and some cents. I had just a few dollars left over. But that cash bonus got my truck up and running. I'm here to tell you, God's in the details. You don't even have to look for Him. God just has a way of bringing everything in place perfectly when we put Him first. John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24. And I'm hurrying. I'm going to close in a minute, I promise. But the hour cometh and now is. Somebody say, the time is now. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Lord, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Notice it does not say God makes people worship Him. It says He's looking for people to worship Him. We were created to worship Him. We were created to praise Him. But He's not going to make us do it. We ultimately have to choose. So He's seeking... Such to worship Him. God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Psalm 150 verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Somebody say, I'm created to praise Him. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So here's the, here's the end of the book. We've, we've, we've read... All the exciting scenarios got through all of the the illustrations and everything that happened. And now we're getting to the summary, the conclusion. So, he writes, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. That means reverence and respect. Give honor to God. Okay? That doesn't mean we're hiding like, oh God. That means giving honor, reverence, respect to. Fear God and keep His commandments. Stay in His will. Stay on the path He's structured for you. Stay in His divine order, His plan and purpose for your life. For this is the whole duty of man. You say, well, what is my purpose? God has a purpose for you. You'll find it in His Word. You'll find it in prayer. You'll find it whenever you willingly choose out and say, He's looking for a worshiper, I'm going to be a worshiper. He's looking for someone to praise Him, I'm going to praise Him. He's looking for someone to trust Him, I'm going to trust Him. He's looking to have a relationship with me. I'm going to have a relationship with Him. When you start to do these things, God is going to 
unveil and begin to reveal to you His plan and purpose for your life. And it's so much bigger than you could ever dream or imagine. Amen? Amen. God's instructions to us are that we love Him with our all. And He's looking for us to praise and to worship Him. We're not created for any other reason but for the pleasure of God. He wants us to love Him because He first loved us. Amen? Let's stand here for just a moment. I'm going to close with this. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody say, i got to listen. Faith does not come by reading the Word of God. Faith does not come by knowing the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, is what the Apostle Paul wrote. I know a month or two back when we changed the format of this service, it may have been uncomfortable. Some of you may have liked it. Some of you may not have liked it. But why did we do Sunday school and then come in and have church service on top of that? I did that for all of our benefit. Because we need teaching in Sunday school and we need preaching. Here's why. Teaching helps us understand God's Word. It helps us to grow and to learn and to pursue a real walk and relationship with Him. It teaches us the will of God. It helps us find the plan and purpose for God in our lives in His Word. Sunday school is absolutely important. It's fun. It's exciting. We have a blast. But it's also fundamentally important because it instructs us in the way God would have us to go. But in addition to teaching, we have to have preaching. We do. Because, let me tell you, inspiration has many different sources. You can be inspired by a movie, by a song, by a poem, by another person that you admire and respect. But faith has only one source. Hearing the Word of God. That's Bible, isn't it? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. We need faith every day of our lives to live for God. We need faith. We need the ability to put our trust and confidence and hope in Him through every situation, trial, struggle, every problem, everything we encounter in life. We have to have faith. All of us. And there's only one way to get it. You need to expose yourself to the preached Word of God. You may say, well, Pastor Grimmett, you're a boring individual. I'm sorry, I'll try to do better. But I'm coming to tell you today, I'm here to help you. Because we need faith. That's right. And it comes by hearing the Word of God. That's why when people say, I don't need to go to church, I can sit at home and read the Bible for myself and get everything I need to get. Wrong. You, if you need faith to overcome, and you do, the only way you're going to get it is to hear the Word of God. And then the Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 17, how can they call on Him in whom they have not believed? People aren't going to talk to God. They're not going to worship and praise God. They're not going to pray to a God that they don't even believe in. And it says, how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? Well, if they don't hear anything about God, then how are they going to have any faith to, to respond in prayer, praise, and worship? And how shall they hear without a preacher? We need a pastor. We need a preacher in our lives to preach to us the Word of God. Why? Because it cultivates and inspires faith. Amen? Amen. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 11, without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. We need teaching. We need preaching. And that's why we've structured this so. And 
you know, I, I, I'm continually growing and learning. I've been preaching the gospel for 18 years. And, you know, I love each and every one of you all. And this is for every one of your benefit. We need teaching and we need preaching. Preaching will bring about faith. And our faith should compel us to understand God has a plan, a purpose, an order, a structure for my life. And above all, He has called me to His pleasure. He's called me to praise Him. I wonder right now, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes all across this place? I feel the Holy Ghost here. And I know I've gone a long time, and I'm sorry. But I'm asking that right where you're standing right now, would you talk to the Lord? Using your own words and just ask Him. Say, Lord, I want to step into the plan and the purpose that You have for my life. I know that Your thoughts are above my thoughts. Your ways are greater and higher than my ways. I know that You have a perfect plan for my life. God, I want to be a part of that. I want to step into what You have for me. Help me, Lord, to exercise faith here today, to understand that You've called me to praise You. You've called me to be a worshiper. You've called me to have a relationship with You, Lord. You've called me, Lord Jesus, to understand that You love me. And because You first love me, Lord, that inspires me, that compels me to love You. And I'm going to love You, Lord, with expressing my gratitude and my thanks. I'm going to love You, Lord, by expressing praise and adoration to You because of Your many mercies and Your blessings upon my life. God, I'm asking You to lead me into all truth. Help me, Lord. Lead us and guide us this morning. Let Your hand be upon us, God. I love You, Lord. Could we lift our hands here for just a second and let's just tell Jesus I love You. Jesus, I love You. Jesus, I love You. Thank you for loving me. I praise you this morning, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I know I went a little long this morning. I apologize. I usually try to cut that in half, but I had a lot burning on the inside of me I wanted to share to help minister to us. God bless you. Remember all of our announcements. I'll try to get them all written down on something for us.